0: Hello everyone, I would like to welcome you to the Art of Truth podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping us return to our true essence of vibrancy, vitality, love and wholeness. My name is Aris and my aim is to examine the perceptions and limiting beliefs that shape our reality and transcend them in order to create a life full of freedom and possibility. We'll also be looking into the mind-body connection to uncover how imbalances in the mind manifest in the body and vice versa. True health means wholeness and wholeness has many dimensions that we tend to overlook in our current reality. I aspire to paint a holistic picture of what it takes to be in a state of this wholeness and in alignment with our unique creative expression. I'm looking forward to learning along the way. So before we jump into this episode, I'll leave you with this quote from Albert Einstein, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the is a servant and has forgotten the gift. I went for this so ladies and gents i give you jordan stabs a health coach with a tremendous depth of knowledge of the human body mind and soul a mystic a funky mover and most importantly an authentic human being that shows up with integrity that i love to call a friend jordan welcome
1: all right brother thank you for having me and thank you for the kind words That is a a beautiful description, and I will happily accept the compliments (laughs) laid out at the beginning here.
0: Love to hear it, my man. Love to hear it. So would you like to give a brief introduction beyond mine of who you are and what you do?
1: Sure thing, man. Uh, So up until recently, I would have called myself a health coach, but now I've actually made a transition back to health and fitness coaching as Mm -hmm. a, I guess, a holistic bundle um, to provide a background of my story and how that came to be. I grew up as a relatively healthy kid. Um, My parents raised me to be healthy with what they knew to be health and um, played a lot of sports, all the rest of it. wasn't up until uh, I was around 18, um, my entire childhood, let's say, my sporting journey up until that point, I had had to train harder than anyone else to get mediocre results let's say um, so that developed a very strong work ethic and also a passion for training I've always enjoyed training more than I have competing in sports let's say but when it came to, to 2017 when I was 18 I tore my hamstring four times in one year and that I would say is what really kick-started uh, my health and fitness journey saw a bunch of different physios rehab coaches and uh, was no support there I actually tore my hamstring once at the physio doing testing. So I said, fuck this. If they can't fix me, I'll fix myself. And that led me down the path of getting curious about training and all the rest of it. Led me to strength and conditioning. Got a lot of experience in that space um, through various mentors and, you know, different work environments. Eventually was exposed to Paul Check, which then blew my head open, Uh, led me to a different lens of looking at health and fitness, realizing it's more than, lifting heavy weights and getting jacked and tanned. Uh, So moving beyond that, began to transition my practice to more of a corrective exercise approach. Uh, Eventually found the solutions to the problems that uh, no one else had been able to identify or solve, you know, way back when I was, you know, playing Aussie rules football. And uh, in working with Czech, you, you know, we might even get into this a little bit later. It's much more of a holistic philosophy, recognizing that, you know, let's say, in addressing a hamstring injury. Well, not only do we have to look at the body as a whole and look beyond the hamstring, we have to actually look at the human as a whole. And as I took my coaching that way, uh, I recognized that health is where most people have the greatest room for improvement, let's say, or, you know, require a foundation to be set first and foremost. So uh, my practice up until recently was predominantly health coaching. That's where I placed most of my time and energy and it's only been recently that i've been ready or i'd say um i've reincorporated or re-brought a focus back to the fitness aspect whilst including that that baseline of health
0: love to hear that man and you men- you mentioned there's more to lifting heavy weights than <laughs> getting jacked in time would you like to elaborate a little bit
1: yeah, sure thing, man. I mean, I, I always say that, like, I, I just, I laugh at it. Like, particularly for men, we tend to get into fitness because we want to be jacked and tanned, right? We want to pick up the chicks. We think that, you know, getting the the rig is going to do that for us. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. You just get more compliments from other guys like yourself trying to get jacked and tanned, which is great, but it's, it's not what you're originally after. So I, I think a pretty natural progression. I, I don't know whether it's because I'm in this space or maybe it's happening more and more as time goes on, but you sort of, you scratch that itch of getting jacked and then maybe you find strength sports and you do powerlifting and you swing some kettlebells and things like that. You find functional fitness. And then what I'm noticing is this, you know, our generation is finding ourselves more called to things like minimalist footwear or paleo diets or, you know, a holistic approach and then discovering the spiritual side of things and, you know, progressing into all these really different fun areas. So for me, I always just come back and reference the, the being jacked and tanned sort of reminds me of my, my beginnings in the fitness industry and still where the majority of it lies. Um, but in saying that, I, I am personally noticing a shift away from jacked and tanned being everything. Um, there's people being interested in, I guess, more aspects of fitness than just the
0: aesthetics. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being jacked and tan, but it's a little bit unfulfilling perhaps to have it as your sole goal in your fitness pursuits and in many ways can lead to injuries, creating dysfunctional body and lack of health. And with this, you said health is the area in which most men and most people in general can have a, a huge room for improvement in is there a common theme of dysfunction that you have identified in your clients in your years as a health coach? And I'm asking this for the reason that this might be something that could help a listener who is just taking the first steps towards uh, owning their health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great question, man. The, the most common thing that I find, and it, this goes beyond health, but it, it, it's very prevalent with health in particular, is that people get caught up in the shiny shit. Help, like I've fallen for it for years and every now and then I'll catch myself falling for something again, but it's very, very easy to get caught up in the, the six minute abs routine or the fad diet or even, you know, this new supplement or protocol. Um, it's all exciting. You know, it's all appealing. It's, I get that. And at the same time, these things, while great and may have science to back them and people talking about them and all the rest of it, only add a very small percentage benefit to your overall Health and fitness, let's say. Whereas if you were to simply put more time and energy into the basics of health, everything else would improve. And if not, at least become easier, but generally unnecessary, right? If you drink plenty of high quality water, if you move your body daily, if you improve your breathing mechanics, if you work on your mental emotional state, like if you eat clean at the most simple level like all these basic, basic, basic things have the greatest impact. So regardless of where my clients are in their journey, regardless of what their goals are, I always come back to the basics. And then I guess to build from there, I always work with the lowest hanging fruit. You know, something that always comes up for me is working smarter, not harder. It's not that I'm lazy. I I train hard. I'm disciplined. I, I do a lot of really challenging things that most people can't be fucked doing. So I'm not lazy. What I am though is efficient. I'm always going to do the minimum amount of work to get the maximum amount of results. If it makes sense. Just fucking, <laughs> it's practical, right? So if you're embarking on your health and fitness journey, there's no use worrying about supplements or you know even what workout routine you do, even to that level. If you haven't got the basics down pat of sleeping eight, eight hours a night, drinking plenty of water, eating clean food, just exercising on the daily. I get those first four sorted first, probably going to get you 90% of the way to where you want to go anyway. And then we can chat about, you know, taking things a step further.
0: Mm. That's very true. Let's say someone is doing all those things and they're still struggling um, with their mental, emotional health, like you mentioned. What would you say to them then?
1: Yeah, and that's where it becomes, I would say, more nuanced to the individual Um, in the same way that once someone's exercising 30 minutes a day, well, everyone's going to have different requirements with their exercise or same, you know, you and I both eat clean, so to speak, but we likely have very different needs on an individual level for what is an optimal diet for us. So the same can be said for the mental, emotional, a topic or area of improvement that I have found super, super impactful over the past two years or so, which I find to be very impactful for everyone is language. Um, You know, you and I have both been through the Strong Coach curriculum, um, Mike Bledsoe and Crow, Crew, Co, combination of words, uh, Crow. (laughs) But anyway, there's a lot of importance placed on uh, the power of our words and our language. So as I began to integrate that on a personal level and then with clients, that's where I've noticed, again, the most bang for my buck on the mental, emotional side of things. So if there was a place for people to access the lowest hanging fruit there, it would be uh, looking at their
0: language. I agree with that. For someone that might be listening and <clears throat> is not acutely aware of what how they can take control of their language and what that might be could you give a brief explanation of how language affects our state of mind state of being and how we can use it as a tool for creating what we want
1: for sure and uh there's sort of two parts that i want to go with this so i will start with the the basic theory and then i'd like to dive into a bit of my own personal experience probably a bit different to I guess the the strong coach experience that I referenced earlier. So as a a basic framework, if you're hearing me talk about language and how that has an influence in my health and fitness journey and you're like, well, what the fuck, you know, where where is this coming from? The, The most simple way I can frame it is that your words create stories and your stories create an experience and your experience is your reality is the most simple way I can put it you see something and you interpret that with a story in your own language in your mind and that will determine your experience your perception right if you and I both go and i don't know let's we watch a movie and you know i have a particular set of words that appear in my mind which is just the choice of language that i choose to use fun point here on that The words that I choose to use day-to-day externally are almost guaranteed to be the ones that I use internally. So we'll save that one for later. But I have a particular perception of that movie. And uh, if I was to relay that to someone, that would reflect that. You may have watched the same movie, but you have a different story present. You use different language, and therefore, you have had a different experience. Now, if I reflect back to what I was talking about earlier with my hamstring injury, this is where I was doing some of these things intuitively without really knowing what was occurring. And it's what allowed me to take that as a real opportunity for growth. You know, you get an injury. It sucks. You're, you know, taken away from your training and your competition, and all the rest of it. No one wants that. Now, what I found in that is I had two options. I could get upset about it, and I definitely did <laughs> at the beginning. Um, and I could, you know, continue to go down that path and get depressed and get away from the team and all the rest of it and let the injury ruin my life. Or I could take a different perspective, use different language, reframe the scenario and therefore change my perception of the scenario, therefore change my experience of it. So taking the hamstring injury and rather than looking at this sucks, something that I said intentionally earlier to then looking at, well, this is an opportunity for growth. Now that I'm not spending time going hard at training, I can work on other things. I can contribute to the team in a different way. And the way in which I'm able to change that perception is a different choice of words. That's the the best example that I can give of uh, how our language influences our reality. But honestly, it's difficult to actually appreciate the impact of it until you've experienced it for yourself. If uh, we were to do an exercise here, and this is probably the best way I could get someone to experience it. Um, If you were to send yourself, become grounded, relax, and then think negative thoughts or say negative words, say things like, I suck. I'm a piece of shit. I'm worthless. Notice what happens to your energy you'll likely feel deflated, contracted, flat. Whereas if you can use language such as, I'm awesome, I fucking rock, I'm a cool dude. And you can say that, you mean that, and you can feel that, well, guess what? You're going to have a different experience. So there is a contrast, let's say, of you know the power that language can have over all aspects of our being.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I can vouch for that. The fact that you write something down and then you slowly start believing and slowly start believing, it, and then you look in your life and you're like, Holy shit, this is true now, and this is my reality. And I have a lot of questions on this, but we'll save them for the um, goal setting se- uh, section of this call. How do you stay grounded? What, what is your current regular practice that you? do to keep yourself grounded like amidst the chaos that's going on around us
1: yeah yeah love that question you've only made me realize this as i've begun to think about it for years i had a a practice whether it was breath work or meditation or something where i would take time out of my day to center myself Um, it was this external thing that i would set aside time to do there was a ritual I found that really, really useful for staying grounded and centered. Um, what I what I found more recently has been uh, these micro adjustments of being present, right? Catching myself in the moment and just simply placing myself back in that place of being grounded and centered. Um, I guess on the, that topic, I'm, I'm back at home at the moment. My, my dad made a comment that a neighbor um Had noticed me going for a, a barefoot walk. And she said, Oh, looks like Jordan's meditating as he walks. And I was having a think about Fuck, when was I meditating as I, I walked? But it's just I, I likely caught myself in a moment where I was no longer present and grounded and centered as I'd like to be. So I went and took the time to replace myself in that state. And it's probably that now that I spend much more of my time in that state there's less of a practice to go achieve that and escape my non-grounded, non-centered reality, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so if I hear that correctly, you do not have like a regular meditation, you do have a regular meditation practice, but you do not use this as an excuse to escape escape being non-present. You're trying to keep yourself and bring yourself back to the present moment as much as you can during your normal day.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best best way that comes to mind to explain it. Um, another way that's that's now coming to mind is when I used to meditate and do breath work, say in the mornings, or you know, I've done a few uh, Tai Chi gongs, a hundred days straight of uh, qigong meditation for twenty minutes or more. Noticed immense benefits in that. But if I reflect back to that time in my life, for that twenty minutes a day, it was very grounded and centered. However, the rest of the day, not so much. Whereas these days, even though I'm not sitting down or standing or whatever, doing 20 minutes of Qigong a day, as a whole, I am much more centered and grounded. And that likely speaks to, you know, both the inner work that I've done to resolve a lot of the things that were troubling me in the past. And then also the influence and conscious choices I've made within my environment, you know, who I choose to hang out with, how I spend my time what I consume, how I spend my energy, all of these things have resulted in me having less of a contrast, let's say, if I was to sit down and meditate, it's not this big leap from chaotic and ungrounded energy to then finding, you know, peace and being centered. Uh, now I find myself in a much more stable condition, so I'm not reaching for meditation uh, on a daily basis, let's say, um Hell, there may be room for improvement in that. Maybe me as a person right now or my great neutral state could take things even further and really dive deep with meditation. Um, could be something to work on. And this probably now speaks to the, the goal side of things. Relative to my goals, I don't see massive value to be gained there. It's not to say that meditation isn't great, but I have a very clear picture of what I want and I have a plan to get there. So right now, I could be meditating, I could be doing Qigong, could be doing a whole lot of other things health and fitness related, but I choose to spend my time and energy on the things that move me towards my goal or at least with the you know least amount of effort coming back to the lowest hanging fruit. And it probably sets us up to now speak to that, you know, that, that goal setting approach from where uh, oftentimes we think we need to do all these things. But when you know where you really wanna go and you know how to get there, you find out pretty quickly that you don't have to do all these things. It's just a few that need to be ticked off. And that's where your time and energy is best spent.
0: I'm loving that transition here. Before we get into the how things, why is it important to know where we're going? Why is it important to have a goal? Yeah, man, it's, it's one of, if not
1: the most important things to have. I always come back to the saying, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Um, If I reflect back to my time in school and where I first started goal setting, um, did a lot of it. You know, they made us do a lot of it in school. And I I never really got much out of it as a practice because I was never able to connect with what I actually wanted. So now when I work with clients or, you know, when I come back to doing goal setting myself, the first thing that I always reference is you need to know what you want. If you don't know what you want, there's no use identifying where you want to go because it's likely not where you actually want to go and you're not going to do what is necessary to get there. So in order to figure out what you want, uh, there was a quote that I heard from Paul check back in 2020 and it's probably, It's in my top three of greatest pieces of advice I've ever gotten. So I'm always keen to share this on podcasts or seminars, coaching sessions. Um, And the the piece of advice goes as follows. Let your eyes do the seeing, let your ears do the hearing, but let your heart be your compass. And when I heard that, it struck me like a lightning bolt. I was like, holy shit. You know, this is how I can explain what I've been feeling like I need to do for the past few months you know i was experiencing a lot of stress was doing all these things i thought i should be doing but i was starting to now go down this path of okay what do i actually want do i want to do all these things that i'm doing currently or is it something else so in doing that i began using my heart as my compass and in doing that that connection with that strengthened. i began to tap more into what i actually wanted and then i began living my life that way actively pursuing relentlessly pursuing what I wanted rather than what I thought I needed to do so I would say that is the first step in goal setting as a whole and in identifying where you want to go you need to truly know what you actually want before you can then say set a target to be working towards
0: and how do you start cultivating this relationship with your heart say this Create a form of a feedback loop that feeds you back information and makes you aware that you're going in the right direction. So how do you know that you're pursuing things that you want to pursue?
1: Yeah. The most simple way I can answer that is, are you happy? Like, do you enjoy what you're doing? Like, if you go to work and you're like, oh, come on, you know, i got to go to work today. That says a lot about what your heart wants. Whereas when you're like, oh, I get to to go to martial arts training. I'm so excited about this. All I can think about, you know, all day at work, all I can think about is heading to the gym. Well, maybe your time is better spent there. Maybe, you know, you've always been pondering uh, this transition to being a martial arts teacher, let's say. Well, if you were to actively pursue that, it would be – beautiful to see how your life would then unfold as opposed to doing what you think you should be doing and uh, things being very stagnant from there and wondering why you're not doing the work necessary to get to where you think you should go because you don't actually want it it isn't what your heart is calling you to so for me as an example uh, I was in a relationship that I had a lot of stories around why I should still be in that relationship. I told myself I still wanted to be in that relationship. I didn't though. My heart was no longer in that relationship. So as I felt into that, I had this battle of what I actually wanted and what I was telling myself I wanted. and you know, enlisted help from a, a mentor to help me break down those stories and eventually took action towards what I actually wanted. and Although it was painful to end that relationship, there was a lot of relief and a lot of happiness that came with that, which showed me that I was connecting with what I truly wanted. Um, another example was as a kid, I was really into martial arts. I competed in Taekwondo at a pretty high level, but I got told that it wasn't cool. I thought that it wasn't cool. So I stopped doing it, even though it's something that I loved. And it wasn't until uh, I got into my 20s that I decided, fuck, I still really love martial arts. And at this point, I didn't give a shit about what anyone else thought or what I thought anyone else thought. So I got back into martial arts, and that filled my cup. I was so motivated to do that. I never had to, you know, tell myself, "Oh, I'm gonna to have to go to the gym today." No, I loved it because it was very, very easy for me to progress very, very quickly towards my martial arts goals because it's what I actually wanted. Same in starting my own business. You know, there was no obviously it can be difficult at times, but I always wanted to do the work necessary to take things to the next level or, you know, even now in working towards uh, being nomadic once again and living on the road, it's not the easiest thing to do, but I'm very motivated and willing to get there because it's what I genuinely want. So the the piece of advice to answer your earlier question there would be check in with how you feel after you take action on things. Do you feel energized, happy, positive, or do you feel deflated? That's a pretty good litmus test to tell you whether you are doing what you want to be doing, truly what you want, not, you th- not what you
0: think you should want to be doing. Mm. Mm. I think you've also answered this question beyond the like the rational uh, linguistic response. You've answered it w- with the energy necessary the i don't give a shit what anyone else wants i'm gonna follow my heart i'm gonna do what i want to do what are some common reasons people uh why people do not achieve their goals beyond what you've um what you've just served and i think this is an opportunity to get into the technical details of goal setting as well
1: yeah sure thing so Uh, as we've just been over massive thing is actually knowing what you want being able to connect with that Um, going back to what you just said earlier that passion that I brought in saying that like that's an indicator there if you're being in that space so if you're not passionate about what you're working towards, it's highly unlikely that you'll be successful in achieving that goal. So biggest thing in my opinion is being able to connect with what you truly want and then being able to identify that. I'm sure I I mentioned this earlier, or if not, uh, people have probably heard it before, but the saying, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there um, is a, a massive part for me. So once you know what you want, that's great, but you have to then get quite specific on that. You know, it's cool to know that you want to go to a road trip somewhere up the coast, but uh, in most places, the coast is quite large. So where in particular on the coast would you like to go? And to take that a step further, uh, when would you like to go there? How would you like to get there? And that's when we get to the more nitty-gritty details. Um, so we need to be specific in setting where we actually want to go. Um, most people know what to do, or at least they have an idea of what to do. And I find for most people, their inability, let's say, or their lack of success in achieving their goals oftentimes isn't because their approach is wrong, because they usually can' of even get themselves to do the things they think they should be doing. you know, whether it's losing weight as an example. If someone thinks that the best way to lose weight is to starve themselves you and I both know that's not the most effective or the safest or healthiest way of doing that. But most people aren't even going to do it in the first place because they haven't done the first few steps that we've just talked about. So that's key. Then from there, let's say you know exactly what you want, you know exactly where you're going. Well, it's actually having the know-how of getting there. Uh, For me personally, you know, I knew that I wanted to rehabilitate my hamstring. Didn't know how to get there. And the people that I sought out to help me didn't know how to get me there either. So oftentimes, you know, you do need the support of a coach or a mentor or a podcast uh, to guide you in the right direction with what to actually do to get to where you want to go. Uh, So they would be the two most common things that I think most people slip up on. Uh, But where things get really exciting is when you have all of that ticked off, you're doing all of those things, you know what you want, you know exactly where you're going, you have a plan to get there. The question then becomes, how can I do that better? Or maybe why am I still struggling? And that's where I imagine we'll get into the the shiny shit when it comes to this podcast. And that's the identity piece.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think it might be a good time to get into that. So would you like to provide an overview of what a good goal setting process looks like and to add some more to it how do we go on about creating that goal for ourselves then making sure we're gonna follow through and actually become the person necessary to to achieve this goal because um I would say that the purpose of goals is to stretch us, is to become something more that we are before we um that we were before we set that goal. So we need to create a new identity to carry us forward and solidify ourselves into that identity. So how can we do that?
1: Yeah, man. This this will be a, a big one. So apologies if I get a, a bit long-winded here. I do, I do want to come back real quick. Uh, before the thought slips my mind. But if I heard you correctly there, you are asking how do we go about effective goal setting more or less to stretch ourselves and upgrade as a human being more or less. And I'm super excited to answer that. I will also add something that's a bit different in how I go about setting goals. And it comes back to that first piece of connecting to your heart and what you truly want. Rather than looking at goal setting as, Upgrading or improving or hitting these targets. For me personally, at least in my life, I look at it as more of a process of connecting with and becoming my true self. So I'd encourage people to keep that in mind as we go through this goal setting process. It's a great alignment check if you lose sight of the first part of what we spoke about. Let's say you're chasing fat stacks and becoming a billionaire. You're likely losing yourself in the process there. Hell maybe your true nature is to become a billionaire. I know for me, I have some financial goals that allow me to be my true self. And it certainly doesn't require me to become a billionaire. Certainly doesn't require me to you know relinquish all of my possessions and become a monk either. So that is a really important piece of the equation. But to, to come back to that that get shit done, get those results. At the end of the day, um, the best way I can describe this is by a framework that I'm super super grateful uh, that Mark England laid out for me, and I, I will always now explain it this way to people. Uh, essentially, there's three parts to effective goal setting. We've already touched on all of them. You need to know where you're going. You need to know how you're going to get there. But more importantly than that, you need to know what version of yourself do you need to become in order to be the person who does the things. To achieve the goal. And if I you know go back to my, my earlier story of the hamstring injury and everything from there, the biggest part or the, the biggest contributing factor of why I was able to overcome that, why I was able to develop as a coach and you know do a lot of cool shit at a young age, is this identity piece and ultimately working on becoming the person who does the things to achieve the goal. When I got to the, you know, after a year of repeated torn hamstrings, I was looking at doing things, I guess, alternatively at that point because I tried all the textbook approaches. So rather than looking at myself as an injured athlete, I thought, hmm, how would a person who successfully rehabilitates injury navigate rehabilitating injury? Now, I tried that, it didn't actually work at that point, but it began to work later on down the line. Where it did become to work is I then decided uh, that I wanted to work in the health and fitness industry. I had a lot of passion through this you know injury process and all the rest of it. and uh, I didn't really know that much about I just knew how to train hard and eat healthy and things like that, but I didn't actually know how to do things right in the gym, so to speak, or how to coach clients or all the rest of it. So I thought, how do I best go about becoming a strength and conditioning coach? Because that was my goal at that point in time whilst I was studying at uni. So rather than going, oh, well, I guess I need to do the process of studying and build my way up and all the rest of it. I simply took on the identity of a strength and conditioning coach. So I said, hmm, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. What does a strength and conditioning coach do? Well, they research, they coach people, they train, they work with mentors, a network within the industry so I started doing all those things I went and did the uh, first easiest qualification that I could do so that I could get insurance as a coach I found myself a mentor and I told him straight up I know fuck all and I want to start coaching as quick as possible can you help me and I'm uh, super super grateful for my, my first mentor in strength and conditioning to have supported me there and I just started you know obviously I wasn't capable of coaching right off the spot so you know I shattered him and all the rest of it but Rather than slowly building my way up and being the guy who was in the process of becoming a strength conditioning coach, I just dove in headfirst. I said, I am a strength conditioning coach. I would tell myself that. And I believe that. And I acted in that way. And within three months, I had my own sports teams that I was looking after. I was going to strength conditioning conferences and chatting to people who had been working in that industry for years. I landed a, a job where you know I was still studying my undergrad of sport and exercise science, where everyone else had a master's or higher working as a strength conditioning coach. One of my teachers at uni from second year actually got hired in the same role in my third year and I got to work with him. And I, I credit, you know, obviously there's lots of things that influenced that. I had great mentors, I had great support, you know, I had great opportunities presented to me. But in regards to the things that I can control personally, it was the fact that I was able to embody That identity, first and foremost, allowed me to do all the things. If I then, you know, give another example that's probably more relevant at the moment, I was talking about martial arts a lot earlier, and I'm very passionate about martial arts. So when I reconnected to that, I straight away took on the identity of a martial artist, and that really helped my progress. Um, Then in deciding that I wanted to travel, it's quite difficult to get good martial arts training When you're not at a gym consistently. So I've shifted gears and looking for a different sport to compete in. I've decided I want to do endurance sports. Now, rather than saying I'm a martial artist or former strength athlete, whatever, who's trying to do endurance sports, I'm always going to struggle in that I don't see myself as capable of doing endurance sports. Or I might skip my runs or skip my swims or whatever because I'm someone who's trying to get into endurance sports. Whereas what I've done is I'm telling myself and I'm in the process of embodying this more and more every day. I am an endurance athlete. Now I act like an endurance athlete and I'm getting great results like an endurance athlete. Even though if you look at everything else, you know, all my past training experience, my genetics and all the rest of it, people would say I'm not very well suited to endurance sports. You know, even little things along these lines, um, Even when I was only running very small distances that don't necessarily require you to wear a pack with you, right? A hydration vest that allows you to take water and your phone and snake bandages because you're running out on the trails and all the rest of it. You know, these things are only required at super long distance races. Uh, But recently I went down to a running store and I bought myself a running pack. I even bought myself a, a racing running waterproof jacket that most people would just not even buy until they're required to for a race reason I did that is because I'm investing in the identity of the version of myself that I'm in the process of becoming this is the the shiny exciting shit that you know, I get really uh, worked up about is that in taking these actions you're know, particularly purchasing something or you know telling people about what I'm doing I'm reinforcing to myself that I'm this person and the results speak for themselves you know, I'm in the process of getting in the best aerobic shape of my life and you know we can get into the actual goal that i'm working towards later Uh, i'm very very confident that i'm going to reach that goal because of the work that i'm doing on the identity
0: yeah man so every day you're pretty much we are pretty much casting votes towards the person that we want to be and we can either cast a vote towards the person that we already are or the person that we are wanting that we that we want to become this is a bit of a sanity check did you mention snake bandages yes <laughs> so <laughs> that is that bandage that you use when you're beat by a snake when you're beaten by a snake
1: yeah it's a it's a requirement for uh running trails in australia because there's a lot of snakes <laughs> welcome to australia everyone <laughs> I, I used I used to say that I, I hadn't um, I'd never encountered a snake. I'd, I mean I, like I've seen snakes in like the backyard or in the park or on the road or whatever. but I'd never actually seen one like hiking on the trails or anything. So I was mm. like oh, it's a bit of a bit of a story. but actually recently I saw my first snake on the trails um, wasn't wasn't a venomous one, but I didn't know that at the time. I only found out when I later looked it up. Um, but yeah, good fun, good fun. Part of being in Australia is all the, the snakes.
0: Yeah, my well,
1: <laughs> what, what kind of snake was it?
0: <gasps>
1: it was a green tree snake. It's actually the least dangerous okay. um, snake that's really out there. I don't think it even has fangs, let alone venom. Um, but I have not on the trails, thankfully. Um, but yeah, we do we do have some venomous snakes here.
0: Yeah, yeah, you do have a lot of shit that can kill you over there. <laughs> Uh, anyways so back to the goals um yeah would you like to share a little bit of the of the process um of your goals and then take me through a goal setting session with regards to one of my goals that i want to hit uh in the next uh three to six months
1: sure thing so uh most recent goal that i have identified for myself Uh, is to run an ultra marathon Um, now uh, I'm going to backstep a bit there because there's a a bit of reality involved in this as well Um, so I'll go back to the goal of the marathon that you and I were talking about uh, earlier before we hopped on here and there'll be a a bit of a teaching point in that so uh, last year around September I started getting into running and I identified that I would like to run a marathon so then at the beginning of this year, I set the goal. By September 2022, I have run a marathon. There'll be a few different things that we go over here. But essentially, the, the first thing to talk about there is I identified what I wanted and when I wanted it, why. I'd already done the prerequisite and being connected with my heart and something that genuinely motivates me, inspires me, and fills my cup would be to run a marathon. So that's why I have chosen that goal. Rather than saying getting into running or whatever, I've set the specific goal of doing a marathon. It's a 42-kilometer race. And I also set a timeline for that being September. It's around a year from when I first started running. And uh, it's also realistic in that I see it being achievable for myself. So that is what I've laid out uh, in terms of uh, the timeline for my goal. Now, we are going to come back to how i describe that goal in a stack but to give the the second and third stages of that i need to have a plan as to how i'm going to achieve that marathon and i'm quite lucky in that i'm a health and fitness coach so i'm equipped with many tools uh, to support myself in the creation of that goal the achievement of that goal i've also done a lot of specific research to further support me in that so that box is ticked for me at least for the time being The third part is then the identity, which we've already touched on a bit there, you know, the things of becoming a runner and all the rest of everything that's involved there. So that is at a, a basic surface level, how I've gone about setting that goal for myself. You know, I'm a few months in now of doing the training. Things are looking great. I'm well ahead of schedule to being in running shape well enough to achieve that goal. By September, and it brings us to you know what we were talking about earlier, and where I mentioned the ultra marathon. So, uh, I guess a little later after the time that I had set this goal as part of um, coaching my clients, and you know it was open to everyone. I I did a free goal setting workshop, and as a part of that workshop, I had a friend of mine who actually, funny enough, wrote and ran a marathon last year, and he's very much like you and I, high performing, high achieving guy who you know is, is just a rad dude in general. And uh, he's now set the goal of achieving a triathlon. Now, this guy knows how to swim. He knows how to ride a bike and he's a good runner, super fit. For him, a triathlon honestly isn't that challenging of a goal. And knowing him and knowing where he's at with goal setting, for him, goals are about stretching himself and, you know, leveling up as a human being. So recognizing that. If the goal seemed very achievable and he felt quite comfortable in creating that for himself, I reflected to him, if your intention is to stretch yourself and grow as a human being, maybe you need to rethink the goal. Uh, That was very well received. And, you know, in reflection on that goal setting workshop, I was thinking about that and I was relaying the fact that I wanted to run a, a marathon by September. And I I felt quite comfortable in saying that with everything that we've spoken about here today, I'm quite well equipped to do that. So I uh, took a sip of my own medicine and instantly rewrote the goal to ultra marathon. When I wrote that down, uh, I honestly felt sick. i had tightness in my stomach. I felt very uncomfortable very quickly. And straight away, I knew that was the goal that I'm going to work towards because that. Will stretch me and grow me as a human being, and ultimately, that's what I craved in the process of connecting with my true self. Now, the reason why I kind of back started on that a little earlier is that the idea of an ultra marathon is not something I'm as familiar with with road running, and therefore, I don't know what is a realistic and safe timeline to set a date for that goal. I'd love to do it by September, and if I can, I will. But I'm not going to know when exactly I can book a race in in a, a safe, realistic manner until I get a bit closer and I have a better understanding. In the same way that, you know, you and I have both experienced in coaching clients who don't know what a realistic, healthy timeline is for losing weight. You say you want to lose 10 kilos in a week or 100 kilos in 10 weeks. Not a realistic timeline. If you are to do it that way, you've probably bitten off more than you can chew. And also in saying that, if someone had no fucking clue they'd ever lost weight before and they said, I want to lose 500 grams over five months, well, you know, that you know not, they haven't got the, the right timeline there either. So for myself earlier this year, doing the maths, my knowledge is in SNC, I guess doing the coach role for myself, I knew that September was a great timeline for a marathon. When it comes to the ultra, I've still yet to get into the, the trail running as much. Um, to provide context for people, to 50 kilometer race rather than a 42 could be longer, but it's done generally through the mountains, so it's a lot more than just running, you know, three four hours on the road. Uh, and I'm not familiar with that type of running whatsoever. So when I get closer, when I have more experience with that type of running, as a part of this goal setting process, I will set a specific date to which I will run my first ultra marathon, and that will round out this whole picture that we're going over here.
0: Mm-hmm. Tone a tone of info to unpack from there. Um, one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say is that I'm gonna be here to support you all throughout the process and to cheer you on because this is this is happening. <laughs> At the same time, I'm gonna make a, a shift, a quick, a quick shift from type one muscle fibers to type two b. <laughs> <laughs> my my goal um is to dunk with two hands um, in a ten foot hoop within three months and the your story might have inspired me to change this goal to do a reverse dunk with two hands yes. <laughs> Nice. in three months how do I go on about it?
1: Yes, love this well if we reference what we've you know been over today first and foremost i would invite you to connect with your heart be sure that this is what you actually want rather than what you think you want or what you think others think you want uh, or what others think you should want right so um, i'm curious aris is this what you want and how do you know that
0: Um, Yeah, I can answer with certainty that this is what I want. This is a goal that I've been pursuing since I was a child, that got into basketball. And it might sound very weird to everyone, but it's very fulfilling to me to tank a basketball for whatever reason, because of my height. I'm not supposed to do that. I need to become a person who is um, extraordinary in many ways. To be able to do that and that's inspiring to me so yeah that's a long answer to a yes for a yes.
1: oh yeah yeah and i can definitely resonate with that in that i'm naturally very explosive probably a bit shorter than you so maybe not quite explosive enough to bugsy bogues all the way up to a 10 foot ring and slam it down but naturally i am very well suited to explosive mm-hmm. type 2b sports so I definitely resonate in it for me. Endurance sports is something I shouldn't be able to be successful at. Um, if I wanted to get into powerlifting, I would be quite successful at it or Olympic weightlifting. I'm naturally suited to it. Uh, so I can definitely resonate with the being extraordinary aspect of that. So we have that part ticked off and you've already identified uh, exactly what you want. First, it was the uh, two-handed dunk and now it's actually a reverse dunk bit airing on the timeline of three months uh, and I would like to support you in creating some certainty in that but again we've got to reference you know what I was chatting about earlier we need to be realistic and we need to have an accurate understanding of you know what is true for you Uh, I can't make comment as to how long it's going to take you to get there with my knowledge as an S&C because if you were 6'6 a lot of untapped athletic potential it's probably pretty easy and might take less than three months. Whereas, you know, if you're actually five, six, you're already at your peak fitness. You have very little room to improve while we may be looking at a longer timeline. So uh, we may not be able to do it here on the call today, but I'll be looking at things. Well, you know, what is your standing reach height? What is your current vertical jump? What is required? You know, for a two-handed dunk, it's quite easy. And that, you know, whatever your max reach is up to your head, you've got to be able to jump get the hands above the ring and dunk from there. Reverse dunks likely going to require a bit more athleticism than that. Uh, I'm curious if you've done the numbers there on your your vertical reach, your vertical jump.
0: Yeah, let's say these are covered. I'm not entirely sure about my vertical reach or vertical jump. What I know is that I can dunk with one hand uh, on a 10-foot hoop. So um, three months seem... (laughs) like a bit of a stretch but also realistic to do that and with regards to untapped athletic potential i am close to my peak but there is definitely room for improvement to get those three to five inches extra needed to do to achieve this goal beautiful
1: and I, I, it takes us to a, an awesome teaching point in that I'm quite unique in my approach. That's taken a long time uh, with my past perfectionist, high achieving tendencies. Uh, but I often set goals and I don't give a fuck if I don't reach them. I didn't reach a single goal that I set in 2020. Yet I, it was the you know up until that point, the most successful year of my life where I experienced the most growth. Uh, because I stretched myself. So even though there was goals that the timeline was too short or you know, it was unrealistic, uh, the relentless pursuit of those goals was uh, and the progress I got in that was exactly what I needed, uh, regardless of the fact that I didn't actually achieve the goal that I wrote down at the start of the year. So for yourself, you do absolutely everything you can to achieve this goal that you truly, truly desire, and you get seventy percent of the way there in three months. Well, that's awesome because then another three months time, we're likely going to be there. Um, so that's probably a good point to add that whether it's a weight loss goal or a basketball goal, a running goal, a business goal, you know, whatever people are working towards, it's okay not to make it. And it may be challenging to yeah. reference that and go, well, you know, do I actually need to try? This is where all these other parts are really, really, really important and because you you genuinely want it. You know exactly where you're going. You have a great plan to get you there and you have bulletproofed the fuck out of it by embodying the identity of the person who's already done the things to get there. So there are all the things we'll work on there. So for yourself, let's say three months is realistic. That's the timeline we're going to work with. Then comes establishing the plan. Uh, From what I know, of your coaching background and your experience you know what you need to do to get there if not you know who to go to or where to look to get the support to get there right yeah that's correct so with that do you currently have a plan laid out you know steps a b c one two three to take you from where you're at currently to where you want to go over the next three months
0: No, my training is not specific to that. And that is a shift that I would like to make. Beautiful.
1: So that would be the next step in the process, putting pen to paper, uh, writing it out, and then beginning to take action there. It's funny that you mentioned that because I actually went through the process today. I had a somewhat laid out, well, actually for my goal of an ultra marathon, I had my plan laid out, but I actually have some goals that I'm working in the background towards further than that. So today I actually laid out, you know, what my training plan is for that. You know, it's one thing to know what you should be doing. It's another thing to actually lay it out and then take action on it. So, you know, that is a a really important piece of the equation.
0: For sure, man. How can I progress with writing it down and making sure I follow through?
1: Beautiful. Simple as putting pen to paper, really. Coming back to, you know, the basics of things. Uh, it may seem silly you know it may seem oh i know what i'm going to be doing so i don't need to put my my pen to paper but you'll notice a radical difference when you commit to yourself and actually write something down you're so much more likely to do it and then on top of that actions speak louder than words so then it becomes actually taking action going to the gym and doing the training or the mobility or whatever is involved in your plan
0: awesome man so let's say that I write down by the 1st of June, 2022, I have dunked a basketball um, with two hands in reverse on a 10 foot hoop. How do I create some support statements for this to make, to, to make sure that this is still meaningful to me and also start aligning my identity with a dunker's identity?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, that last part uh, is probably the most important piece of the equation, but uh, what you mentioned earlier and some statements, you know, something that comes up and uh, the approach that you and I are both trained in is uh, using mantras to reaffirm this version of ourselves that we are more or less, right? So it may be something like I am athletic or I can dunk or I'm Michael Jordan, whatever the fuck you want to lay out. There's a lot of value in that uh, and that's very specific to the individual. The best way I can describe how to use that, how to get the best bang for your buck is identify where you're at currently, where this other version of yourself is and what are the gaps. And then those become your mantras. So for me personally, a mantra that I used in getting myself from the guy who didn't see himself as a runner, to the guy who does see himself as a runner, The mantra I used was I was born to run, reminding myself that as human beings, we're actually designed to run by the best endurance athletes out of all the animal kingdom. So reminding myself of that, particularly on my runs, when I felt aching and I felt like this strength training dude who, you know, wasn't built to run, you know, I'm I'm a sprinter, I'm a weightlifter. And I told myself, I'm born to run. I am born to run. And uh, that had a massive impact. So that's one element. But to be honest, beyond that, I think there's a lot more that can be done. and it is in genuinely connecting with and to a degree role playing the version of yourself who does the things to achieve the goal. So if I go back to you know that NC example for myself, I just started acting like a strength conditioning coach. Rather than faking it, Till I made it, you know, I wasn't putting up a facade and being someone I wasn't. What I was doing was embodying that role, doing all of those things rather than talking the talk. I was actually more focused on walking the walk and from there built the confidence to then talk the talk, which reinforced it even further. So you don't need to go around and tell everyone that you can, you know, reverse 360 uh, or dunk from the free throw line or anything like that. But it would be more so acting in a way in which supports that. Maybe for you, you look at other people. Okay, who else out there is really good at dunking, or who else out there has gone from unathletic to then dunking? What do they do? And you start acting like them. You pick up because success leaves clues. So you're following along to to use someone else's uh, example to provide, I guess, more context for those that are listening. Let's say it's uh, in losing weight. Rather than embodying the identity of someone who tries to lose weight, because that's probably what you've done five or six times already. Work to embody the version of yourself that's already lost the weight. What do they do? Well, they eat healthy and they have a healthy relationship with food. They train consistently. They get to bed on time. They do all of these things. You know, they enjoy food rather than being this crazy restrictive process, all of these things that's where the opportunities for growth are so for you it would be in role-playing more or less this version of yourself who can already dunk now probably like to be perfectly honest less of an impact in this because it's a more or less surface level goal absolutely I would say it's not going to uh, be groundbreaking for you to become a person who can dunk and i say that you know with love of my heart I'm very excited for you to achieve this goal Um, I guess to reference you know more your personal journey if you're right with me doing so you know the identity shift of you going full time into coaching uh, was likely a a bigger hitting one here and required more oomph so to speak but the the lessons are still there nonetheless whatever it is all these parts are super super important and the, the biggest thing for you is to start acting like the version of yourself
0: who has achieved the goal. 100%. You are very right in saying that this is a more superficial goal compared to the ones that <clears throat> um, you and me have gone through beyond beyond the training. Um, I'm going to repeat a few things you said with regards to um, focusing on walking the walk instead of talking the talk i would imagine and also speaking a little bit from experience here that this does wonders for what the so-called imposters syndrome and it creates an a norm of authenticity and being okay with where you are but also realizing that success is the progressive realization of the worthy ideal that you have set for yourself so tying everything you said you have said together, for someone that might want to lose weight, this on pen and paper would look something like, by X date, I have lost or I weigh X weight because, and there there comes a statement from the heart, that might be for someone because I'm an inspiration to my children, because I'm an inspiration for my wife and then we would create some mantras some identity statements that would reaffirm the um, identity i consistently take care of my body i make i fuel myself with the best fuel available i am born to train whatever that might be for someone in my case this would look like By June 1st, 2022, I have dunked um, with two hands in reverse because I'm an elite athlete. And some of the supporting statements um, would look like I consistently prehab my knees. I fuel myself with the best foods. I am born to jump. And I think... I got the hops, yo. (laughs) I got the fucking hops. (laughs) Yeah, so this is a brief overview of the the process. Then how do I ensure that this is instilled into my subconscious?
1: And uh, it comes back to what you picked up on earlier. It's actually walking the walk. It's all well and good to to talk the talk and to have these mantras and tell yourself you're becoming this version who does the things to achieve the goal. But that's no good if you don't actually do the things. You know, the reason why this has worked for me is because I've actually gone and done it. You know, as something else to relate to where I have set goals in the past and have not achieved them and, you know, to use this in the kindest way towards myself I've failed has been with music. Uh, Every time, you know, probably at least five times now, actively sat down and set a goal in regards to playing the guitar. But for whatever reason, even with all this identity work in place and all the rest of it, I never actually walked the walk enough to cement it in place and therefore didn't create the consistency, didn't get the results, and ultimately didn't achieve the goal. Now, maybe that comes back to the thing that we touched on at the very start. Maybe it's not what I actually want. I was, I was clear on what I was after. I knew how to get there. Uh, but there was also the element of I just didn't do the work. So there's a big part there in walking the walk. That's the difference between faking it until you make it or imposter syndrome or anything like that is because you're actually doing the work and the results speak for themselves. You know, it's a common thing that comes up for a lot of people when it comes to the weight loss side of things. Uh, as you do these things to lose weight, if that is your goal, well, even if you're not all the way there, you have the results to show yourself that you are in the process of losing weight and that you are embodying daily this version of yourself that has already lost the weight and therefore have success in that. Whereas you keep telling yourself that you're healthy and you're fit, but you shovel junk food into your mouth and you don't do the things you're saying you're going to do, Well, now we have a story gap and you have likely created a very large problem for yourself. So the the best piece of advice I can offer here second to connecting with what you actually want, going out there and walking the walk uh, because coming back to language and all the rest of it, actions speak louder than words. You can tell yourself all day that you are these things Uh, But if your actions say otherwise, that will outweigh what you are verbally telling yourself or writing down on paper.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That story gap for anyone listening is, correct me if I'm wrong, the gap between the story that you tell yourself and you tell the world.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, whether that be internal, external, I look at it as the gap of truth. Like Mm -hmm. there is what is objectively true and there is yours or others' perceptions of things. And uh, if there is a gap and the, the size of the gap, let's say that the greater it is, the more energy that is required to maintain it and the greater stress that is present with that. Uh, one of my largest intentions, we're getting on a tangent here, but I'd love to dive into it. One of my largest intentions personally is to show up as authentically as possible you know, coming back to what we're talking about earlier, goal setting for me is me becoming me, me connecting with my true self. So if I don't maintain that, if I stray in another direction, because what I think other people want for me, well, I'm creating a gap between my true self and, you know, what I'm putting out in the world. And that requires energy to maintain. And that's fucked me up really bad in the past. So I actively pursue to close that gap and uh, as made wonders for my personal development
0: a bit of a more personal question if you allow it um what does it mean to show up authentically as jordan what does it mean to be in truth for you
1: yeah a great question um on a i guess directly answering the question it's me being me me being human, me you know all these things about you know connecting with my heart and what i actually want what that looks like for me in action um right now is running is traveling is having a shaved head and a beard and i don't know if the guys can see on camera but a nose ring um i've all throughout school i wanted a a nose piercing i wasn't allowed to get one until i finished school and you know became uh, an adult fair enough so when I finished school and became an editor, I did that. I had that nose ring in for years, and then I got to a certain point where I uh, decided to take the nose ring out. I felt that it no longer served me. I felt attached to a, a version of myself that had expired more or less. I'd shed that skin, so took the nose ring out for years, and then recently, uh, in doing this work of connecting with my true self and embodying that version of myself, well. Shave shaved my head once again, uh, because that's something that felt very true to me before other stories were in place. Uh, I'd also wanted to grow a beard for a long, long time. And uh, as I was able to grow a beard, I let that motherfucker grow out. And uh, it's actually way too long at the moment for my liking, but serves a purpose in the story. That so looks to- good. <laughs> I had the shaved head and the beard and uh, it was on a-, a long drive on my own down the coast. Would have been uh, probably six six hours into a ten hour drive. I came to the conclusion that I was going to re-pierce my nose because that would be a more accurate representation, physically in appearance, of my true self. So I went and did it. You know, other things that come to mind is even the way I choose to dress, the clothes that I choose to buy. I'm become as I become more in touch with my true self. I begin to know my style. Uh, My true self also has very little fashion sense and taste. So it's a very simple, minimalistic style, but the lesson is still there. Rather than my wardrobe being here, there, and everywhere, I know who I am and I know how I want to look. I know what feels like me. So that's, you know, at least where I've been buying clothes recently and slowly transitioning out other ones. uh, That's the direction I've been going in. So. That's what it means for me to show up authentically as Jordan and how that's looking. Um, you know, we could talk literally all day about this because it's honestly the, the centerpiece of my personal development. My career choices, my friendship choices, my relationship choices, my spiritual beliefs, You know, how I spend my money, all of these things are tied back into me being me.
0: Well, you have provided an immense amount of authentic value, and I thank you for this. Where can people get you? I would
1: normally say best place to reach me is social media, but again, in the process of me being me, I felt called to step back from it for a long time, and I've been inactive. So it's still the best place to reach me. I just can't guarantee I'll get back to you from these so- do you want to hit me up, jordan.stubbs on Instagram, I will get back to you eventually. Uh, I highly encourage you if anything here has resonated, please do reach out. I love to connect with other human beings. That's another part of me being me. Uh, it's one of my highest values. So if you would like to connect, uh, if anything resonated, please do reach out.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, man, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening and peace out.